Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's do Richmond picks early in the week. You can't do a picks video early in the week. Well, it's not really a picks video. You know that I don't do picks videos that are basically me reading a spreadsheet to you. Stat, 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 pick. Stat, 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 pick. What good is that? You can read a spreadsheet. I don't turn spreadsheets into videos. I... Isn't that a spreadsheet on your screen? I'm going to explain the context of the spreadsheet on the screen. I always explain the context. In my articles, I don't turn spreadsheets into articles. Don't do it, never have, never will. Others might. Shame on them. I respect you much more than that. I don't treat you like a customer. I try to treat you like a student because I want you to be better. I want you to become the master. I want to become the student. So I'm not going to do spreadsheets into videos. I'm not going to do spreadsheets into articles. But that's a spreadsheet on your screen right there. Just listen to the words that I'm saying. Early in the week, we can build our knowledge. You probably have forgotten what happened at Phoenix. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Before you argue with me and doubt me and criticize me, do you remember Phoenix? Do you remember who's running well, who's not running well in the Cup Series, in the Xfinity Series? After the sidetrack of Atlanta and the further tangent at Coda, now we're back to real racing? You need to do homework. If I'm a little unsure, if my brain's not as fresh, and I am willing to admit I need to knock the rust off and go back and do the work, not just look at Richmond, which I have, go back and look at Phoenix. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Yeah. You don't need a stat, stat, stat pick video. Now, that, those are good when they supplement my giant, way too long, way too de- in-depth, way too much comprehensive. You make it through 15 minutes and then you're out. Then Brandon comes in, cleans it up on the back end and makes a shorter video that summarizes, synthesizes, and analyzes it. That works pretty good. But just a simple stat, stat, stat pick, stat, stat, stat pick. That's garbage, man. You don't want that in articles. You don't want that in videos. You want the good stuff. And so we're going to go through Richmond. Xfinity. Try to get some picks out of it. Make it worth your while. We're going to go through Phoenix. What do we got on the screen, folks? We've got, is this Phoenix or Richmond? This is Phoenix, I believe, our most recent race. So let's start with that. Try to rejog our mind. I got the Phoenix notes here. Brandon did a lot of the work here for the Phoenix notes. And so you should appreciate that work by going to racefortheprize.com. That's racefortheprize.com. Right? You did it? You went there. You're there right now. Very good. And then you click on this red button. This is Brandon Cruz DFS. That takes you to the Patreon that we have set up so you can support the content, the videos that we are providing, the notes from these races. So you don't have to go back and watch that Phoenix race. I don't leave it up for my DVR. What am I going to do? Then go to the notes. There's double notes in these spreadsheets as well. If you look at the... So if I go to Optimals, I look at Phoenix, you also get the pure data feed pool of the NASCAR specific notes. So you get the NASCAR notes and Brandon and I's individual notes and analysis from the race, often with more of a DFS view as opposed to just the technical aspects of this guy spun his hires. It's all there. All the information, all the tools, all the resources you need are there. You go to racefortheprize.com, then patreon.com slash DFS. You pledge your support. Now, if you pledge your support today, you're going to pledge your support again on April 1st. I'll say that again because someone out there have already made this mistake, and I refunded the guy. But I'm not doing refunds anymore. Like I said in the previous video, if you make this mistake, then not only am I going to spend your money, I'm going to spend it on something stupid, and I'm really dumb. Okay, so if you pledge your support at the end of March, you're also going to pledge your support again on April 1st. So you might want to wait till April 1st to go to raceforthepriceescom and patreon.com slash DFS to pledge your support. Like and subscribe, share the videos at YouTube, at Amazon Music, at Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. All right, we are reviewing Phoenix to get ready. 
Uh, the first thing, looking at the Phoenix notes, Riley Herbst, big time ownership, Riley Herbst, Rex, early in the race. Boom. You might remember that. Now like, oh God, why are you reminding me? I don't want to remember Phoenix anymore. I don't want to turn it off. Turn it off. And then you might remember, oh, Anthony Fredo, I believe had a mechanical issue at the beginning of before practice. Oh, he's starting in the back. They've run pretty well. We hate Anthony Alfredo. We know that he is uh, fast sauce, right? Fast pasta doesn't make any sense. Alfredo's the sauce. Isn't Alfredo the sauce? Why is it fast pasta? It doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not Italian, but I'm pretty sure that Alfredo means sauce, not pasta. But you know, shouldn't the Italian know the difference? I don't know. I like calling him Alf because he races like Alf and Alf. Didn't go anywhere. He had a mechanical failure and the car was broken. And so that chalk got hurt. Justin Allgaier, big time chalk because, hey, remember this? Now, this is some useful information. Yes, Junior Motorsports, they're the best in the division, right? The Junior Motorsports was running really well before Atlanta and Coda. And now that we're back to real racing, Junior Motorsports is the team in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, okay, you remember that. But you also remember that Justin Allgaier is not qualifying very well this season. And so he's typically starting 15th to 20th, and he's chalky, high ownership every single time. And he was going to pay off at this racetrack because he's really good at Phoenix. And guess what? Spoiler alert, he's really good at Richmond. Spoiler alert number two, he's probably going to continue the trend of not qualifying well because he's probably adding more uh, race trim than Q trim, which means he's probably going to have no problem moving his way through the field. Spoiler alert number three, his ownership will again be, how many, does that even count? He's going to be high. How many spoiler alerts? Jade Buford was running pretty well. I think he started in the back. I don't know. I I can't remember. Why is Jade Buford so high? We're not going to get too much of the ownership here. Uh, But it's there. It's all in the notes. Uh, I think Buford had a mechanical issue or a failure. We will go through that. The number 48 car. All right. So let's review Phoenix. Let's look at the optimal lineup from Phoenix real quick. That's not, that's Daytona on your screen. Sorry. (laughs) Your optimal lineup. Now, you can see on the screen if you're going to the YouTube page, but if you are listening on Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or wherever you get your podcasts, you are seeing that Noah Gregson is the leading scorer, 93 fantasy points, big-time score. It's Gregson's world. It's Gregson's world. He's crushing this year. He and Luke Lambert, uh, maybe Dave Elton's who is having a pretty good season with Eric Jones in the Cup Series. Maybe Dave Ellens was the problem after a while. It had nothing to do with Noah Gregson. Maybe just Noah Gregson needed a new crew chief. We've seen this before. It's just no fault of of either's own. Of either's own. Does that make any sense? But they just needed a change of scenery. They needed to switch it up. And here you see Luke Lambert, a guy who never really the best crew chief in the Cup Series, but never really was at the best team with the best driver. Maybe Luke Lambert just needed a smaller pool, right? He needed a smaller pond. He was a, a regular fish in a giant pond in the Cup Series. He takes a step down, which we, I'm all, John Hernimacek, perfect example of this move that I'm constantly saying. Why go up to the Cup Series and run 30th, step down, and be the man? Like John Hernimacek did in the Truck Series. Finally, someone took the, you know, swallowed their pride and said, I'm going to go win some damn races. He did it. Didn't win the championship, but did much better than what would 2021 have been like if Nemechek ran in the Cup Series? Yeah, it's 
great. Good move by him. And I think the same can work for a crew chief. Luke Lambert stepping down. Chris Gale going back to Eric Jones. Chris Gale was, is it Chris Gale? Yes, Chris Gale was Eric Jones' crew chief. A winning crew chief in the Cup Series, mind you. Well, they have the shakeup at JGR. Well, where's Gale go? Gale goes down, takes the all-star ride in the JGR stable or Scuderia, and Chris Gale wins tons of races. And the all-star car looks like, once again, the all-star car at JGR. Now, thanks a little bit to Ty Gibbs, but that car with uh, jabronis in it and pay-to-play drivers had really fallen off. And now it was looking like, you know, that 2017-18 monster JGR car. Noah Gregson, Trevor Bain was really strong at the beginning. Trevor Bain disappears because of a penalty, but Trevor Bain rallies back. Let's just, let me show you that. I'm not sure if Bain's going to be in the car at Richmond, but we know that this car is going to be at Richmond. And across the board, JGR hasn't looked that great. All right, there's another clue for you. I want Xfinity picks. Well, here's one way. One thing that you need to remember from Phoenix and the races before, Junior Motorsports, number one. Rule number one, I'm number one. Junior Motorsports is number one. JGR was probably number two, but JGR has not really flexed any muscle. Do they have any muscle? They haven't looked that strong, but in this race, Bain, hey, he put points on the board. Let's pump the brakes there. Did he put points on the board? Yes. Did he put points on the board uh, a couple races before that? Yes. Why did Bain put points on the board in those races? A little thing called pole position. He starts on the pole and he leads a bunch of laps in stage one. He faces adversity. He does overcome that adversity, but in dirty air, he's just Trevor Bain. This isn't a superstar ride this season. Now, could they get better? Yes. They're back on the East Coast. They probably have made some adjustments now. And the cars could get better. But when we last left you, JGR wasn't running that great. Now, this was a mistake that he made that knocked him out of contention. Let's pull that up. Let's go to the lap-by-lap data. And we will pull up Trevor Bain. He ends up finishing, I think, top five in this race. At Phoenix, where does Bain end up sorting out? This is Daytona. Got Daytona on the screen. Come on, man. Hold on. Let me pull up Phoenix. All right. Bain ends up finishing in what position? Got way too many tabs open. It will kill one. Maybe that'll help the processing a little bit. Bain ends up finishing fourth, but if you're looking at your screen here, what kills Trevor Bain is going into stage three, which is completely green. So if there was one time not to get a penalty, it's before, and this is in any race, and obviously we can't control it, but this definitely turns DFS lineups on their head. You can have a penalty and rebound as long as it's a stage one and then, you know, or stage two because there's going to be more cautions, but there's definitely going to be a reset. You make a mistake and get a penalty in stage one, you know that you have the stage two caution break to reset the field. You know you got a chance. You make a mistake early, you know that you're likely going to get a caution. You get a penalty in between stage two and stage three, you run the risk of if this stage goes green, you're in serious trouble and your DFS lineup might be toast. And that's what Bain did. Bain got a speeding penalty. And so he goes from fourth place to 29th place. And there will likely be a lot of cars on the lead lap because... The stages are so quick. You get these competition cautions. I don't know why we're going to get a competition caution. We will get a competition caution. Allows a lot of cars to stay on the lead lap. That means Bain's going to start way in the back. But credit to Bain or credit to this car. He is able to drive in a green flag situation all the way back to fourth 
place. That's a very strong card. And just based on that, I think JGR is definitely trending in the right direction. And maybe they've narrowed the gap. But at the same time, Junior Motorsports was really strong in that race. So, yeah, JGR seems to have made some gains. Because guess who finished second? Brandon Jones. Yes, Brandon Jones has won this race before. Brandon Jones is Brandon Jones. If you can ever figure out Brandon Jones, congratulations. I will never, ever be able to figure out Brandon Jones. And sometimes you'll get lucky. He'll start in the back, and you'll play him, and he won't wreck. And sometimes you'll play him, he'll start in the back, and he will wreck. You know how it is. It's Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones doesn't know Brandon Jones. JGR would have dumped the guy a long time ago if his dad didn't own Ream. He's going to be there forever, always haunting us. The specter of DFS, Xfinity. At least, thank God, he does not go into the Cup Series and ruin our days on Sunday. He just says, you know what? Every once in a while, I feel like I want to ruin your Saturday. And this was a race where, yes, he ruined your Saturday if you didn't play him. (laughs) Finished second. Looks pretty good for JGR. Ty Gibbs was not really that great in this race. For whatever reason. Oh, no, he was. We'll explain Ty Gibbs. Yeah, Ty Gibbs spun and then was down a tire set. Context, context, context. Spreadsheet wire alert. What's wrong with Ty Gibbs? What's wrong with Ty Gibbs? Nothing's wrong with Ty Gibbs. He spun early in the race. He was down a set of tires. Oh, well, that makes, that makes sense. Is that in the spreadsheet anywhere? No. Is that on racing reference? No. Oh, well, how do you get that information? You watch the damn races. And if you don't want to watch the races, or if you're busy, and I understand that, you come to me, you come to Cruise, you go to racefortheprize.com, you click on the red button, patreon.com slash brandoncruisedfs, and you become a supporter because you appreciate truth and honesty and integrity. But if you want pick videos, we can do that too. If there is enough of a clamoring for just give us the damn picks, look, we are sellouts. We will sell out. You want you want stat, stat, stat pick? I'll do it. If there's this demand for stat, stat, stat pick, and it's going to get you a bunch of clicks, and it's going to make me the most viewed fantasy racing analyst, you know what? I'll sell out. I'll sell out. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. And even if that means I got to sell out, let's sell out. You want some picks, fans? Stat, stat, stat pick. Noah Gregson. Picky. Gregson. 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 Pick, there it is. Stats, stats, stats. Look, um, I'll pull up the Richmond sheet. The Richmond sheet's not quite done yet. I'll get that out in a, in a day or so. No rush. You'll get it when you get it. Okay, for the people that are probably going to complain, where's the Richmond sheet at? I'll get it to you when I get it to you. There you go. Justin Algar, he finished fourth last year. He won. He swept the doubleheader in 2020. He finished fourth and third in 2019 against strong competition. So that's actually a little bit more context. You know, instead of saying, that's actually, I'm going, I'm breaking the rules. I'm just supposed to read stats. I'm not supposed to talk about, hey, you know, 2019, those were some pretty strong uh, fields still. 2018, that was some still solid competition in the Xfinity series. Can't do that. Don't, don't, people don't want context. They just want numbers and picks and names. Justin Algaier. Noah Gregson won this race. Anyone at Phoenix in the last race? Pick him. There you go. Give me some clicks, man. Give me some clicks. What are we doing? All right, going back to Phoenix talking about the uh we're kind of just going over the race flow and the information that we can glean about who is running well let's just quickly look at uh laps up top five maybe get started where do i want to go with the flow of the race flow of the race just look at the pure overall general running well let's just go flow i've decided that we will go flow phoenix and at the end of stage one like i said before trevor bain now if you look at the spreadsheet and you look at the numbers 
you're going to see a lot of just static numbers, meaning these numbers do not change. And again, reset on the brain. What happened to Phoenix? Remember, Phoenix has the resin. It is very hard. Like, it's not easy to pass in racing, period. It's very difficult to pass at Phoenix because of the resin. And you'll see that people pretty much just run where they run. And the better car slowly, you know, the cream slowly rises. Some of the guys that get filtered to the back for whatever reason, maybe it's a penalty or an issue. They get back to where they're going to be. But everything just kind of settles. Oh, you're a second place car. Okay, get to be second all day. And that's basically the way that this thing works, uh, minus issues. So there it is, Trevor Bain running in first. Gregson, all the stage in two. Jones, all the stage in third. Ty Gibb just sitting there in fourth. Nemechek in fifth, having a pretty decent race. Daniel Hemrick in sixth. That's pretty quality for these colored cars. Looks like they're a little, about an inch faster this year. Not quite there. They're not JGR. They're not Junior Motorsports. But they're making steps. And they're also just fast enough to pounce when they need to pounce. They're not fast enough to you know, really go out there and go toe-to-toe. But they're hanging in there. And if we get a late-race shootout, they're right there to get an opportunity at the, the win. We don't expect AJ all trimmed outer to really make a bunch of moves in traffic. Anyway, there's Creed and the RCR car running up at the back of the top 10. And so there's your stage one. It's really no surprises. Maybe Jeb Burton here in an hour motorsports car, maybe punching a little bit above his weight class. Allgaier slowly working his way forward, as we mentioned before. They're not really nailing it in qualifying, but it's not really holding them back at all. Uh, you got Sam Mayer who I believe had to make some sort of change. I had to look and see what happened there, but he's working his way forward. Josh Berry also in the back having to work his way forward. Um, maybe it was a car change from the week before because they were out west. I can't remember that detail. I'm sorry. That's something that I'll have to look into. It's called research. Do it. Uh, we end the stage with what are our placings at the end of the stage. Remember, we're trying to get some names, familiarize ourselves with the, uh, the picks. Um, Gregson wins the restart. Gregson's been really strong on restarts. Gregson was really strong on a restart at Richmond last season. Gregson's just been strong. And he wins the stage above Maine. Jones right there. JHN right there. Looks like he might get a penalty at this point or have some sort of mechanical issue. He drops back. Ty Gibbs in fifth. Did he get a penalty? Or this is this is when Ty Gibbs spins, I believe. And so that costs, costs him a set of tires at the beginning of the stage. No bueno. That's going to pretty much ruin his day. Sam Mayer gets a speeding penalty. Sam Mayer gets two speeding penalties. It's huge. Stat that a lot of people will overlook because you're just, you don't have time, right? You're just doing research. Oh, well, Sam Mayer didn't finish well here. Pump the brakes. Sam Mayer got two speeding penalties. His average running position is not going to look good. His finish is not going to look Sometimes cars work quick and we don't have enough time. Oh, well, his finishing position didn't look good. What's going on? So then you look at his average running position. It's not going to look good either. Oh, well, Sam Mayer stinks. Sam Mayer suffered two penalties. So that's not only going to ruin his finishing position, it will also saddle his uh, average running position. And on paper, on the spreadsheet for the Warriors, he'll look bad. But he has run well this season. He's not a world beater. He's definitely a top 10 driver. And he's going to start knocking on the door of the top five. The junior motorsports cars are that good, and he is talented. He's not the greatest, but you're going to see him improve throughout the season. Can't help but improve the way that those cars are running. 
All right, let's look at the end of stage two just to get another general idea of who's running where and what they're doing. Should I read through the notes? All right, let's see. John Hunter Nemechek moves. Mayor speeding. Might as well highlight that. Alfredo was like 7 million laps down. Gibbs, Gibbs got uh, down a set of tires. Josh Berry spun him. No one wrecks into him. Pretty amazing. What else do we got in here? I wonder if John Hunter Nemechek just had a long pit stop. That's fine. Whatever. Right. Let's go back to the laps at Richmond and try to familiarize ourselves with who is running well. In the stage two, Gregson wins. And what I like to see here, though, is Brandon Jones gets the lead on pit road, and Brandon Jones leads the first six or seven, eight laps. But then Noah Gregson passes him on a run. That's nice, especially when we talk about how tough the resin was at Phoenix and how tricky it was to pass. Now, I would like to see him pass a better car than Brandon Jones. To pass Brandon Jones isn't the most exceptional feat, but it isn't easy to pass the leader. It says something for you and the car. And if Gregson is able to get the lead, not just on a restart. On the restart, taking the lead, yeah, it's good to be good at restarts. But nailing a restart doesn't necessarily reflect the overall skill of a driver. Nailing a restart definitely doesn't tell us how good a car is, especially on the long run. But when you're able to make a pass, several laps down the road, then A, that tells me about the patience or the skill of a driver. B, it also tells me about the quality of that car, especially in relationship to another car. And I can compare those. That's what I really like to see when I'm looking at these lap-by-lap data is the moves throughout the run. Taking the lead, like right here, Brandon Jones had the lead. Oh, well, he must be a good car. Brandon Jones was pretty good because he was in second place. But how did Brandon Jones get the lead? Well, we can see that he got the lead on pit road. It wasn't the car, it wasn't the driver, it was the pit crew. But again, we've got the pit road data. And so far, we have seen in 2022, it's pretty important and we should not simply dismiss it. Now, Brandon Jones is running with a JGR crew that's not, in the past, he usually had maybe the best pit crew. JGR is no longer allowing their top team to slide down. That being said, it's only a matter of time before the Xfinity JGR team is going to be one of the best pit crews in the series. Will he be as good as Junior? I don't know. Probably. If I had to guess, do you think that knowing that pit crews are as vital and as important as they are, do you think that Joe Gibbs is just simply punting Xfinity pit crews? Do you think that he just woke up in the middle of the night and said, you know what, I don't really want these guys switching back and forth between different pit changes anymore with the different tire wheels? You think he just it was an aberration or a spur of the moment decision from Joe Gibbs? I would expect that it was a very thoughtful and analytical decision. And they probably said, it's going to hurt us at first. But in the long run, the Cup Series is going to be fine. And over time, our Xfinity crew will get better. That's probably the case. So, yes, JGR is not using the elite team, but they're going to be fine. And that's data that you're going to want to use because pit Chase Briscoe's wins have been determined by pit crews. And look, oh, he's always picking on Chase Briscoe. Well, Kyle Larson, you know I'm a big Kyle Larson honk. He won the championship because of his pit crew. Sorry, not sorry. I think he's a great driver. I think the car is amazing. Have a ton of respect and admiration for Cliff Daniels as a crew chief and the Hendrick Stable in general. 
But he won that championship from Truex, from Hamlin, and maybe even to a lesser extent, Chase Elliott, because of his pit crew. Look at the data. Or just watch the race again. Just watch the last 30 minutes of the race. You'll say, oh, wait, that's how he won. So, hey, you want to look at the pit crew data? Racefortheprize.com, patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, and you can get access to that pit data. And that's not data that other people are looking at. It's not in the videos. It's not in the articles. If you want to deviate, if you want to differentiate, if you want to find a way to get away from the field and the crowd and find different plays so that you're not on 7 bazillion percent Riley Herbst ownership and you don't want 43.76% Anthony Alfredo ownership and you don't want to follow the sheeps off the cliff and you don't want to follow people in whatever Discord you're in or whatever Slack chat you're in or whatever spreadsheet you're looking at with 50,000 other one of the beauties of this, there's not, and I mean, it, it's good for you that there's not a lot of eyes on this spreadsheet. You might remember last year when I just opened it all up, there was a bazillion people in the spreadsheet. Somehow it didn't crash, but that's not really a good thing. If you're all looking at the same data points, then you all end up on the same spots. And that's the beauty of this. Good for you. Race for the prize is good for you, not good for me. Because really, I would probably do, I mean, I would do a lot better if there were a lot of people on the spreadsheet because that's more moolah for me and Brandon. But at a bigger website, with bigger appeal, with more people looking at the same data, then guess what? Oh, you noticed something in the data? Well, you and your 3,000 closest friends who also saw that data and then repeated it in your giant Walmart DFS site Discord. Oh, no, I just only shared it with a private DM with the guy in the Discord. I didn't really share it with the other. Yeah, and then he shared it with the other guy privately in the Discord. And then he shared it privately with the other dude. And then he posted it in the Discord. But you didn't scroll up and look to, you know, what happened last night at 2 a.m. because you weren't in there, but everybody else did. And so your special secret play that you shared in the Discord with your super best buddy. Uh, no, you were talking to your DFS guy and he gave you this information. Yeah, well, everybody knows that. That's the problem with the big sites. Now, Again, I will gladly sell out and be the big site. It's good for me. But the good thing for you is there's not a lot of eyes on this pit data. There's not a lot of eyes on these notes. And so when you see something, there's not a lot of people seeing that. And you can get an edge. You can get leverage. You can get that uh, advantage, possibly. Or it could all just be Galaxy Brain. Phoenix picks. Get back to it. I think we're doing well so far. We're doing all right. We're doing good. We're doing swell. I don't know what the time is, but I think we're going wrong. Back to it, and we've got, uh, look, again, static, not a lot of change. Stasis. Did you ever do the uh, Magic the Gathering stasis lock combo? I hated that. It's very difficult. It's very challenging. I only knew a couple of people that tried to do that build, and it never really worked. I mean, you had to be very smart. It was a very tough strategy, but it was a beautiful combo if you were able to get it to work. It's really something to beat your opponent by just freezing them and locking the game down. Really amazing. I, I was always just an aggro guy. Then with a white weenie deck, just boom, 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 attack, 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 attack. Or I would do counterspell, uh, like a fire and lightning. Counterspells, cheese, counterspells, cheese. It was a, I was just more of an aggressive player. Uh, I did, though, build one interesting lineup with... Um, Arcane Denial once upon a time. It wasn't Arcane Denial, although there was an Arcane Denial in it. It was a... Um, anyway, you guys don't want to miss. <laughs> Loser alert! What was he just talking about? 
uh, trolls and ogres and orcs and knights and uh, Magic the Gathering. Okay, let's just zoom to where they finish. And we'll also look at the beginning of the run. And so Gregson will win on the long run here. Again, Jones has the lead. If we come into the beginning of the stage, we cycle the leaders again. Gregson won the stage over Jones. Justin Allgaier is right there. And Josh Berry has crawled from the back to the front. Ty Gibbs, um, I believe right here he's in 24th because he's on ancient tires. I think he put on right side only. Check the notes for that. Might want to go back and watch that race again. Bain's back up to fourth. Nemechek is in sixth. No surprises. AJ all trimmed outer in seventh, just kind of holding pace. So then we go down and we pit, and Justin Allgaier takes the lead on pit road. And Jones wins the restart. Again, awesome on the restart. Congratulations, Brandon Jones. But it doesn't necessarily tell me that you have the best car. But when we psych it all out, it looks like John Hunter Nemechek is really aggressive. He takes the lead for a little bit. But once that all sorts out, here's what I like to see on lap 113 in stage three. So we're about 10, 15 laps into the stage. When you would expect the best car, the best driver to emerge, that's what we see. With Noah Gregson says, all right, this is my lead. I'm going to take it. And he holds on the lead from 113 up until probably pit cycling. He'll probably cycle down. So lap 120, still leading. And we're seeing everybody pretty much running in the same spot. 10 laps, 10 more laps, 10 more laps. And we're going to see pit cycling here 60 laps later on 165. So right before pit cycling, look at lap 163. We've got Gregson in first. That's pretty strong. 60 laps in front of the field. That's a good car. That's a good driver. That's a guy that I'm going to look at at Richmond. Brandon Jones even. He's still in second. Although, spoiler alert, Brandon Jones has been awful at Richmond. Spoiler. It's not a really spoiler. It's just something you need to know. And we'll look at that in a second. But he has been terrible. So good luck with that. And that's just the, the, the duality of Brandon Jones. He is very good at times. And other times, he's an incredible disappointment. Josh Berry running in fourth the entire time. Trevor Bain running in fifth the entire time. This is where we say, hey, what's up with those JGR cars? He had reset the deficit. The gap was gone. He was restarting stage three in fourth place. In the premier JGR car that led all those laps at the beginning of the race, well, that was because he was in clean air. Now he's in fourth. Now we get to see what you got, Trevor Bain. And he it's a top five car, but maybe not much more. That's where I come back and say, all right, there's junior motorsports. Those are the guys that I'm really interested in at Richmond. And then there are the JGR cars, which are fine, which should be good. But 2022, there's clearly been a marketed difference between those two teams. Maybe it's not that big, but with your eyes and with the data, you can see it. Nemechek really running well. Was Nemechek in the... Yeah, he was in the... Uh, same hunt car, but that same hunt Supra has has. Well, here's the other thing. John Hunter Nemechek is now a TRD driver. He's not just some rando jumping into cars like in years past. When he steps up into this, um, I don't don't have it in writing, but I'm assuming it is kind of part of a TRD deal and the connection between Sam Hunt's Toyotas and JGR, the information gets shared a little bit. Also, you know, John Hunter Nemechek is a good race car driver. There's a little bit more there. I don't believe that when other drivers are in the Sam Hunt Toyota Supra, it is A, fast because the driver is almost always 
inferior in comparison to John Hunter Nemechek, but I don't necessarily believe that the data is getting shared in the same way. So probably shouldn't be too surprised. We've seen John Hunter Nemechek run really well in this car. At Richmond last season, John Hunter Nemechek was strong with TRD. John Hunter Nemechek was also really strong with the all-star JGR car at Phoenix last season. Ty Gibbs. Not really doing anything. And this is where you say, like, all right, Ty Gibbs now, I believe, is equal on tires. Or close. He might take a step back. But definitely he's on equal tires at the beginning of stage three, and he doesn't do anything. That's where you say, okay, look, junior, junior. We got two JGRs here. But we expect more from Ty Gibbs. We do. We do. We do. We especially do. Now, AJ and Daniel Henry doing what they will expect. Look at these color cards. Now, they all ran three different setups. Special note, were you watching the race? All three of these cars, I don't know if it's going to help us for Richmond, might help us in Phoenix. They all ran three different setups because they're preparing for the championship. AJ, Daniel Hemrick, and Landon Castle for Colin Racing all ran different setups because they wanted to test things out to prepare for that championship race. And they all ran like 8th, ninth, and 10th. So I don't know. <laughs> were the setups really that different? What did you learn? Uh, looks like you didn't learn anything. But then again, uh, I learned something. You can't pass. Do you see any passing? It's just a straight first, 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 first. The numbers are not changing on your screen. Okay, so we go through pit cycling. We come out of pit cycling. And you're going to see Bailey Curry running long down here. That's interesting. Okay, we go through pit cycling, and we come out on the back end. And you'll see Justin Allgaier. I think he gets hit with a penalty. Or is it a slow pit stop? Uh, Allgaier gets a penalty. Mayer gets another penalty. And so that's going to drop them in the running order. And that's going to make their finishing position look poor. And on top of that, remember, Allgaier is already kind of starting back in the field, just slowly working his way forward in stage one. So his average running position is going to be slightly misleading because he doesn't show everything he needs. He doesn't show everything he has in stage one because he does not need to. And so he's perfectly fine running in the teens in stage one. He doesn't care. Oh, my average running position is going to look bad on the spreadsheet. He doesn't care. And then here at the end, it gets hurt a little bit because he gets the penalty. And so he goes from a third place to a tenth place. Is he? This might knock him out of the optimal lineup. Does it knock him out of the optimal lineup, kids? Yeah, it does. Algar would have easily been optimal, but he ends up finishing tenth instead of finishing third. That is 14 fantasy points, right? You lose seven finishing position points from third to 10th, and you lose seven place differential points. That's 14 points. You add 14 onto there, and he scores 68 fantasy points. That's the second most. That's more than Bain. That's more than Jones. And yes, he costs slightly more, but I'm pretty sure he would have slid in to the optimal lineup at that point. Be close. I don't think it's a lock by any means, which is something that is worth noting because I guarantee you, I, don't, I can't guarantee you. Well, I can guarantee you this. Justin Allgaier is going to be expensive again this week. And so you're going to have to do the mathematical equations of, well, can he be optimal? And you're probably just going to go say yes because he can work his way through and there's a chance that he could lead laps or run fast laps if the strategy works out. 
And he's very safe. He's got a high floor, so you're just going to play him. But it didn't work here. It would have been interesting to run these numbers and see, would he be optimal if that had not happened? You can do that. I'm not going to mess with that right now, but you can just simply just change the calculation and then run the optimizer. If you have access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet at racefortheprize.com, patreon.com slash DFS, like, subscribe, share the videos. If you got access to the spreadsheet because you're a paid supporter and a Patreon guy, remember, you might want to wait till April 1st, but I appreciate it if you want to do it sooner. And if you're doing it because you're being nice, I won't spend it on something stupid. You can manipulate the data and kind of get information. And that's something that only you will know. That's something neat and unique to you if you're really trying to differentiate and deviate and really trying to improve. With all the passion in the world, he says. Okay. Back to Phoenix, Richmond, laps. Phoenix laps. All right, so we cycle back out here, and Brandon Jones cycles to the lead. Uh-oh. That JGR pit crew having a pretty good day. Oh, they're not using the cup team anymore. Doesn't seem to hurt. Seems like they have figured it out. Pit crew, pit crew, pit crew. Wait, didn't you say earlier in the podcast, didn't you say two weeks ago that, hey, it's all about the, the pit crews? Yeah, I did say that. Does anybody else say that? Are there other DFS people saying that? Is anyone else? And if they are, are they just repeating what I'm saying? Probably. You really, look, you've got to go into this pit crew data. Put it on the screen. Nope, not going to do it. You need to go to racefortheprize.com. And you can get access to that data and quickly see, like, okay, this team's been hot on pit road. That's a huge edge when I'm trying to pick who's going to lead laps and run fast laps. It just is. The fastest car doesn't always lead laps. The best driver doesn't always lead laps. We know that. But we also know that the team with a really good pit crew in modern NAT and all NASCAR, because it's so difficult to pass, especially passing the leader. If you have the best pit crew, you really need to be bumped up. There really should be a thing on your tout spreadsheet that has the pit crew data. I have a pit crew sheet. I'm not going to try to import all that data in. You can look at the second sheet and say, all right, here they are on this other spreadsheet. I don't want to put too much data into it. I want to overwhelm you. I don't want to give you an anxiety attack because there's too many numbers on the screen. Sometimes I feel like this is the matrix already. Okay, weirdo. Here it is again, though. The best car. Uh, we go about 15, 20 laps into the run, and Gregson says, all right, you've got a faster pit crew than I do, but I'm better than you. And Gregson gets the pass, and that is that, and Gregson goes on to win the race. Jones finishes second. Kudos to Fran Jones. Get a round of applause. That's a decent race for him. Josh Berry. Short flat track, maybe, kind of. First time really ever here, kind of, finishes third. Josh Berry is a thing. You can go back and read my articles last season. I was always, and it's just my irate. I, for whatever reason, I'm biased towards these late model guys. There's no reason. I'm not like a late model guy. I've never been to a late model race, and I don't study late model testing. I think just the the general aura, the appeal of that of late model racing that's just something uh, romantic about it, I would say. And so for whatever reason, I really respect these guys that are going out there and grinding through the late model series, you know, like the old school Ralph Earnhardt types. That, that I just, and I, I could be completely wrong and off base, but that's just my general sense. And, and I like that and it makes me feel good. And so the guys that come out of that, like a Ty Majeski or a Josh Berry, I like them and I root for them. That can get in my way of DFS plays. But, there is a flat bank turn in one and two now, which used to be three and four. And Richmond is also a short flat track. Martinsville is a short flat track. These are Josh Berry tracks. Richmond is a Josh Berry track. Last year, 
he was in a Jordan Anderson car, which is fine. And he was flirting with the top 10, doesn't really get it. But the Jordan Anderson car is not really that strong. They do have occasionally a good performance, but you're not going to really highlight on the calendar, Jordan Anderson car at a short flat track. Yeah, this thing's going to be the car to beat. No one says that. No one is going to say that. So Josh Berry's results at Richmond last season, pretty solid, given that he also didn't have any practice. And he's in a car that's really not that good. Now, you put him in one of the best cars in the field, and you put him in a short flat track, and he wins at Martinsville last season. And here he is at Phoenix, a track where I don't believe he had any experience whatsoever. He finishes third. We're going to go to Richmond. He's going to get practice. He's going to be right up there with Noah Gregson. He's going to be right up there with Justin Allgaier. He may be above Ty Gibbs, who was pretty good at Phoenix last season. We'll get to that in a second. Trevor Bain salvages his day finishes fourth, but he came into the season saying, I got to win eight races. You haven't won any races yet. I mean, I got to win eight races. You're only doing like six races. How are you going to win eight? I got to win eight. Okay, well, how about you win one first? You got to win one first. Um, and you were there, buddy. You started in second row on stage three. You got to win that race. Sorry. Nemechek. Good, solid race. Gibbs, you know, if he doesn't spin the tires, maybe. But go back and look at Gibbs' races this season. He won at Atlanta. That doesn't matter. Uh, he won at Las Vegas. It was because of late race restarts. He wasn't the best car at Las Vegas. He won, Atlanta doesn't matter. Um, where, did he win at Daytona? I'm going to look. It's good. Good to do research. So, did he win at Fontana? No, he didn't win at Fontana. He did nothing at Fontana. He finished 13th at Fontana. He struggled at Fontana. i got to go back and remember exactly what he did. Yeah, he won at Las Vegas, but he led almost no laps. He got lucky at the end. He did have a fast car. He ran some fast laps, but he was not the best car. He was not elite by any means. He was wrecking people. He wrecked Ryan Sieg. There he is at Phoenix doing nothing. Atlanta, great. It's a plate race. It doesn't matter. Congratulations. It's cool. You got to win. But from the DFS perspective and doing analysis, it doesn't help us anymore. It doesn't do anything for us. Okay. Um, back to our laps here. It helps us up with the picks. I'm only going to do Phoenix here. <laughs> it's already too long. Maybe later in the week I will review the Richmond. I will at least look at the last Richmond optimal lineup. What do you say? Is that, is that fair? I'm not going to go through all of the Richmond laps. And the Richmond spreadsheet's not completely done anyway. Maybe I'll do a Richmond recap later on in the week. But I will quickly run through the optimal lineup from last year's Richmond race. And just talk about these guys. Um, Ty Gibbs had the best car. So I go from, Ty Gibbs isn't that good in 2022. 2021, he won, what, five races? Nine top fives? Was very, very good. This year, he's getting the wins. And he's probably just inches away from being at the top. And maybe now going back to the East Coast and they've worked on some things, you could easily see Ty Gibbs go to the top because Ty Gibbs was really strong at Richmond last season. If it wasn't for all the late race cautions at the end, Ty Gibbs wins this race. Ty Gibbs had the best car. Ty Gibbs was the most comfortable driver. He was the fastest driver. He's making passes on the outside. That's it. End of question. Go back, watch the race again. Look at my race notes. You'll see it in there. No one was close. No one was in his universe. Yeah, this is a new year, and Junior Motorsports has stepped up. But I, you, you imagine that that gap is going to close a little bit, and this is a track where Ty Gibbs and Chris Gale were absolutely monsters. And I hope people look, oh, but he finished seventh. Yeah, but look at all the cautions in stage three. When you watch the green flag runs, 
he was an animal. John Hunter Nemechek, very strong, solid race again for Sam Hunt Racing. Not a lot of fast laps or laps led, though. Gets a ton of place differential points. Sam Mayer, ton of place differential points. Uh, decent. I mean, that's, that's, you know, compared to this year, 12th place for Sam Mayer, oh, that doesn't look that good. But last year, remember all the mechanical failures, all the wrecks, that's a solid finish for him. Noah Gregson wins the race. Uh, there's a lot of different tire situations at the end of the race. Some guys save tires and don't use them, and it works out for them. Some guys uh, stay out the end on old tires. Some guys go in and get scrubbed tires. And so you've got all these different strategies, which is a fun way of saying, oh, it's strategy-based. But it's also a way of saying, like, oh, this is just going to be completely random. Depends on which way you want to look at it. But that is what happens. So at the end of the race, it doesn't come down to the best car, which was Ty Gibbs. It doesn't come down to the best driver, which was Ty Gibbs. It comes down to random, all right, what's your tire situation? And where are you lining up on the restart? And how do you do on the restart? And that's going to decide who wins. So basically, just throw the cards up, throw the chips up in the air, throw the cards up in the air, let them fall down. We'll see who wins this race. And pull card out. And it looks like, oh, Noah Gregson wins. Now, that's not to say Noah Gregson was not good in this race. Noah Gregson was fine. He was solid. He was strong. But he wasn't better than Gibbs. He just played it right. He was a stay out guy. Gibbs was a, I'm going to take scrubs guy. And then there was Justin Haley who went fresh tires because he played a huge gamble and didn't take tires when anyone else did. And the caution fell in his lap and Justin Haley was going to get the win. But then we just kept getting caution after caution. If you would have had 20 to 30 laps to finish the race out, Haley wins the race. Easy. Gaps the field. Big time win. But... And I can put that on the screen for you. You can see he's coming. Oh, he was coming. Uh, you might be just giving five more laps and he wins this race. Let me put it on the screen for you. You get all these cautions at the end. And it just turns the race on its head. Coming into lap 223, I kind of go back and look at the Harrison Burton, Ty Gibbs. Again, Harrison Burton just gets the lead on pit road. Pit road, pit road, pit road. Hey, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Even the best car can lose laps, lead, and fast laps because of pit crews. You know, there's no guarantee that the best car always scores the most points. He had the best car, though. And we're just trying to identify good cars so he can make better picks. Either way, you get these cautions at the end. Three cautions. 224, 232, and 239. That turns everything on its head. But if you look at Justin Haley, he gets the fresh tires. He's going to make a run here. You can see him sliding all the way up. He gets to second place on 247. He's closing, but he just runs out of time. If this caution doesn't happen on lap 239, he restarts in 12th place, and then he gets 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 laps of green on fresh tires versus old tires at Richmond where you have a huge tire falloff. He wins the race without a question. But because of this caution – doesn't have quite enough time to get there, unfortunately. Um, we'll also see Riley Herbst ends up finishing fifth as well. He follows that strategy. Was Riley Herbst a fifth-place driver? No. And you can look through and see like who stayed out and who did the scrubbing. Like you'll see here, Ty Gibbs is – let's see. There might have been a caution before that. Actually, there's a caution right here. So, yeah, the whole thing got turned on set. No, that's not – I'm looking at Daniel Hamrick. Here we go. Yeah. So you can see here uh, the first caution that triggers these cautions at the end on lap 224. Gibbs is in second. He comes out, and he's in 10th because he's one of the drivers who decided 
all right, I don't have fresh tires, but if I stay out on these ancient tires, I'm going to be sitting duck. So he goes the scrubbed route, and he ends up finishing seventh. It doesn't work. Whereas Gregson stays out on the old tires, has clean air, nails the restarts, he wins. But that doesn't work for everybody who stays out on old tires. It works for Justin Allgaier, but we'll see guys like A.J. Allmendinger who stay out. It doesn't work out for them. Alex LeBay, who stays out, it doesn't work out for them. Um, Brandon Jones stays out. It doesn't work for him. And it really didn't work for Andrew Jones because he wasn't good before anyway. I mean, he finishes where he finished. He was in 18th before he gambled. And like I said before, Brandon Jones struggled at Richmond. Not really a surprise. That's going to do it. Thank you for joining me here on the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I really appreciate all of the support that you guys are providing. It's awesome. It's great. Brandon appreciates it as well. We're probably going to do a live watch of the Xfinity race this week. How crazy is that? A live watch? You guys are really going to do one of those? Yeah, I think we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So the Xfinity race at 1.30, Richmond, we'll watch it. Because I've seen like all these people are doing these streams where they're just like sitting there talking while the race is going on, and there's people watching it. I mean, I've clicked on it and watched it a little bit. Like, well, if other people are doing it, why not we do it? we got you know, got to get out there. got to branch out there. got to sell, sell, sell. got to do more content, make ourselves more available. Although I think the more available that I look, I probably become less appealing and uh, more uh, uh, reprehensive. <laughs> An open microphone in front of me, I, I tend to say mean, arrogant things. And I should apologize. I don't feel like apologizing right now. Raceforthepriz.com. At Race for the Prize. Pierce Dietrich. That's where you can get your information. At Brandon Cruz DFS. Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Support us and we'll support you with content. Put the website on the screen for you. Like the video right now. Leave a comment. I will respond in the stuff below. Positive review at Apple. That stuff always helps. All the links are there. You can also go to my blog, theconstrainedvision.com if you want to get weird and see interesting. Maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not. Any closing thoughts? I don't think I have any closing thoughts for you. Thank you, guys. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. I say to you, to close out the podcast, like the good old days, let's trip the lights fantastic.